This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Sunday, January 27th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. When the government shuts down, why don't taxpayers see any savings? And why does a federal shutdown so heavily impact the day-to-day lives of people who are not affiliated with the government? Chris Edwards, Director of Tax Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. Chris, uh, my great hope for future government shutdowns is that no one really notices. <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, this shutdown has made clear that the federal government has so many tentacles into different activities in the economy that uh, that it, you know that it really doesn't need to. I mean, the uh, airport security, for example, could be run by local government airports, as it is in other countries. The air traffic control system could be privatized, as it has been in Britain and Canada. Indians on uh, reservations, there's a million of them. They're being heavily affected by the shutdown, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, we should uh, speed up the move towards self-sufficiency of uh, American Indians on reservations, for example, and untether them from the federal government. Um, A lot of our national parks could be separated from the government and set up as nonprofit uh, organizations separate from government. So there's a lot we can do here. And if Congress wanted to make reforms, we could insulate ourselves um, from the the, uh, squabbling and political uh, battles in Washington. Now, uh, some people, some Republicans have suggested that uh, federal workers be paid even when the government is shut down. Yeah, I, I, I think that's reasonable. I mean, after past shutdowns have ended, Congress has passed uh, bills to uh, repay the workers for the, the time they went unpaid. And I think that's uh, reasonable. Right now, you've got about 400,000 workers who have been uh, furloughed, the non-essential workers. Uh, they're, they're staying at home. And you've got about 400,000 who are working with no pay. Uh, in both cases, I think it's reasonable for those folks to get paid when the, when the government opens back uh, opens back up. It, you know, it's not their fault they were put in this situation. You know, it is the politicians and their uh, their mismanagement, their squabbling that has caused the problem. All right. So, with respect to government shutdowns in general, it doesn't seem like taxpayers stand to benefit in any way when the government is shut down. No, that's right. We're we're paying for these uh, two million or so federal employees anyway, um, and I think that the message of these shutdowns uh, is that the federal government controls too much in the economy. It's not just that the federal government runs a bunch of services like air traffic control that doesn't need to run. The federal regulatory apparatus controls too much in the day to day life of the economy. And the classic example of this. A news story the other day uh, talked about how uh, craft beer companies could not get their new labels approved uh, by the federal bureaucracy. And so they had to, to uh, halt their launching of new brands and styles of beer. That makes absolutely no sense that the federal regulatory apparatus micromanages that closely. Another example of this, a, a friend in Pennsylvania sent me a link to a local TV story this morning saying that volunteer firefighting departments are being affected because they get subsidies from the federal government that are being halted. Well, that makes no sense to me at all. Uh, you know, it seems to me local governments and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania ought to be paying for some of the, the gear and other equipment that volunteer firefighting uh, stations get, not the federal government. Yeah, and the way it ends up being presented uh, on the news, it's almost it's taken for granted that this is a perfectly 
uh, normal responsibility of the federal government or the these various uh, ways that the federal government is intertwined with the private sector that it is per- portrayed as perfectly normal. Yeah, th- th- that's right. But it, it's unnecessary. And it, economists use this phrase crowd out. Uh, over the last century, the federal government has crowded out more and more state, local, and private uh, activities. I mean, just to give you one example of that, uh, most airports in the United States in the early years of aviation in the 20s and 30s were private. The main airports in Los Angeles and Miami and Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia, they were privately run for-profit businesses. But over the 20th century, the federal government came in and has crowded out all these uh, activities that used to be in the private sector and run by entrepreneurs. It's very unfortunate, but, you know, Americans have forgotten sort of their own history and, um, and they can't remember a time when the federal government wasn't so massive and sprawling. So going forward, what are some specific reforms, either uh, specific areas of the government that uh, should not be uh, affected by government shutdowns uh, and what might those reforms look like? Well, I think going ahead, we're going to have a lot more of these sort of shutdowns. We have trillion-dollar deficits now in Washington and rising. The two parties, of course, have become politically more separated, and uh, the partisan battles are only going to get more intense down the road because just because of the ideological differences of the parties and these massive budget deficits, uh, which uh, are going to uh, cause a, a crisis down the road. So there will be more and more of these battles, more and more uh, shutdowns, I think, uh, in the future. So, you know, I hope um, if we get the message out that people can can start understanding that a lot of this stuff doesn't have to be done in Washington. I mean, I mentioned air traffic control. There was a, uh, a House bill a couple of years ago that would separate air traffic control from the federal government. It would be run as a nonprofit organization and self-funded. Airport security, it doesn't need to be run by the government. It could be run by local airports and contracted out to expert private companies. That's the way they do it in Canada. That's the way they do it in a lot of European countries. I mentioned, uh, you know, national parks. The, the, the National Park Service has over 400 parks and historical monuments. A lot of those could be moved uh, either uh, to state control or they could be set up as nonprofits. They could be uh, funded by voluntary contributions or by the states. They don't have to be controlled by Washington. And, you know, the more of these things, the more things the federal government does, the federal government has over 2,000 different programs now. The more it does, the less it does any of these well. So I think Washington would actually work a lot better if it was a lot smaller. Chris Edwards directs tax policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.